Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Welcome into Jaguars Drive Time. We are live on a Wednesday morning. We are in Georgia getting ready for a joint practice with the Atlanta Falcons. We are staying at a chateau. What city are we in again? Brazelton. Brazelton, not Atlanta, but this is a chateau of sorts, and this is where we belong. We're in city day, say, day chateau. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We're very fancy at a chateau. We will be staying here. What did you pay for your dinner last night? I don't want to bring it up. It was a salmon. It was $44. It's fine. The iced coffee was $8 this morning, but like I said, I deserve it. But no tip Schlen got out of it for $44, right? I rounded up to $46. Okay, good. Yeah, absolutely. Whittle, she orders room service, and they tack on the 18% plus the tax. It's going to be $80 for chicken tenders. Yeah. No, I can't do that. All right, we had a lot of transactions yesterday. Before you do that, time. can yes. I stop you real quick? Absolutely. I just want to say something. Uh, Len Dawson, Hall of Fame quarterback, died last night. Um, and I feel immense gratitude mm-hmm. because over the summers that I was going to the University of Kansas and growing up in Kansas City, I got to spend some time with him. And I, I just I don't want to let it pass because he came into the league in the NFL in the 50s with the Steelers and then went to the Texans, the original Dallas Texans. Back in 62, they became the Chiefs. He started in Super Bowl one, was the Super Bowl four MVP for the Chiefs. Uh, retired with you know near the top of the league in passing yards in 77 at age 40 so he was I mean he was old at a time where quarterbacks didn't necessarily get old but he went into the Hall of Fame twice once as a player and once as a Pete Rozelle award winner so a a tremendous man and and some of you may remember that he was the longtime host of inside the NFL which used to be on HBO so a, a tremendous quarterback and even better human being and you can't let guys like that pass without acknowledging what they meant to the NFL and to a lot of individuals personally. He was always so good to me. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Brian. Thoughts to his family. Let's get into big thing one. Big thing one is transactions. Some roster moves being made yesterday, releasing kicker Ryan Santoso and signing quarterback Jake Luton along with a new kicker, Coach Peterson, on why they needed to add that quarterback this week. I just want to get CJ 100% healthy, you know. Um, it just looked and appeared on film and during the game the other night that he wasn't necessarily 100% coming off his injury from the spring. And uh, this gives him a time to, time to get healthy. And, and again, it's a, it's a great opportunity for Jake, you know, to, to get some more time and, and uh, to be seen and some valuable reps. So, um, you know, hopefully he can take advantage of that. Big thing, too, is a J-Rob update waiting for running back James Robinson to do more on the field, and we might see that this week. He will not play in Atlanta, but getting ready for week one, hopefully against Washington, fingers crossed, Coach Peterson on the running back. James, he's not necessarily full clear, but he's cleared to practice. We're going to increase his reps. You'll see an orange jersey on him. Uh, I spoke with Arthur you know, Smith um, this morning about that, you know, so they'll be aware of him and, and just try to limit the amount of touches. And finally, big thing three is the quarterback. Big week, sort of, for quarterback Trevor Lawrence. It'll be a big day for him today and tomorrow in joint practice. We will not see him in the game on Saturday, but Coach Peterson pleased with the way he is progressing in training camp. He did. He did. Um, you know, one thing I like about Trevor is where he's at, too, is he's still, he's still growing. He's still learning. You know, hardest thing is, you know, he's three head coaches, three coordinators, three position coaches in three years, and and so there's been a lot of turnover and change, and he's really handled it extremely well, very mature, um, you know, and, and it's just still a work in progress. But, you know, we go slow. He understands, you know, even when we show him on tape, 
what he's doing and or what he's not doing, and um, he makes the corrections and, and and moves on. So yeah, I'm 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 encouraged by where he's at right now. There you have it. That is big things as we get ready for a joint practice this afternoon with the Falcons. Practice starting at 1 o'clock. We're going to hear from coordinators before that, Trevor Lawrence, after practice. And a lot of news for a Tuesday. And you can say, okay, well, what does this mean for quarterback Jake Luton coming back? It seems to me like C.J. Beathard, most likely they've seen enough, and they don't want him to play. Well, they don't want him to play because he's still coming back from the groin injury. It sounds to me like we've seen the last of C.J. Beathard until next OTAs sure. because – you don't want to see him during the regular season unless the Jaguars are up 45 nothing. so you're going to see him kneeling a lot. Uh, this was clearly a move not to knock Jake Luton. It's a move to bring, to bring Jake Luton in so that he and E.J. Perry can handle snaps on Saturday, and then unfortunately Jake will probably be sent on his way. But this is a good chance for him to get tape, as Doug Peterson said. It's all part of the process for a young quarterback trying to make it in the league. When we last saw Jake Luton in 2020, we thought, oh, there's a promising guy. Uh, and then he was gone last year, came back this year, and I thought, all right, he had a nice couple of weeks of training camp. But then when he got onto the game field, it didn't translate. Right. So for him, this is another opportunity, knowing that he's not going to be here, to at least go out and put a little something on tape mm -hmm. to get invited to a camp when someone gets injured. Mm -hmm. And even more news, the Jaguars sign a new kicker from the Chargers, let Ryan Santoso go. They sign an offensive lineman this morning who is here today, Cole Van Lannen from the Packers. We're going to see him at joint practice. The kicker thing, everyone wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to pay attention He's to it. He's from Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale. He I mean, is. It does that Only not, the best. So does not that set that up for success? It is a re success? revolving kicker door. You just want one to stick. Well, this is the fourth kicker in. Um, it's not that unusual to do this. Doug Peterson, I thought, had the money quote on this yesterday. In 2017, they tried out six kickers week one of the Eagles. Uh, names escaping me on who eventually stuck. He's still the it's kicker stuck, there. Right. Uh, so, you know, look. The Jaguars, over the course of their history, have been fortunate to have a lot of stability at the kicker position. Right now, they don't. Doug Peterson's been through this before. You can bring a kicker in late and have him be fine. James McCourt, we'll see. He had eight uh, field goals over 50 yards in Illinois. Big leg. Let's see if he's the guy. Uh, right now, there's only one, so right now, he is the guy. <laughs> I don't worry about it. I mean, you'll recall in 1995, Scott Sisson, the Georgia Tech product, was the kicker for the Jaguars, and a kid named Mike Hollis showed up a little bit into training camp and then went on to leave after the 2001 season as your all-time leading scorer. So you can find these guys, mm -hmm. and they're generally guys like McCourt who are coming in, couldn't win the job where they were competing, found a spot where they were needed. You, you don't want this to be a revolving door, but until you find the right guy, you need it to be. Right, so. and now's the time to do that. Uh, something about James Robinson. I talked to Doug Peterson about it last week, and he said that you know medical advances in technology had taken an injury that used to be something very long, a year, right, rehabilitation, and has shortened the window to about eight to nine months. And you heard him say he has been cleared to practice. He's not fully cleared. I do think people need to remember, you know, Cam Akers did it last year for the uh, – the Los Rams. Angeles Rams, yeah. right. And, but he wasn't the same Cam Akers before he got hurt. Now they expect him to be this year. So if people are expecting to see James Robinson in week one in Washington looking like the James Robinson of old, hold on, pump the brakes on that one. He may be back and able to help you, but it may be all season before we start to see that James Robinson mm -hmm. again. It's still a major injury and one that requires plenty of patience. Right, and that's the biggest thing when we hear all these updates, and I see it all over Twitter, and a lot of it is because of fantasy football, and they right. say, oh, James Robinson's going to play week one. That's a huge win well, for, they're him anxious. Even, for him to even dress. Yeah, exactly. I mean, could you imagine of saying that last December, that he was going to play week one? Yeah, yeah I, I think you'll be disappointed if that's what your expectation is. It's good. You'll see him at some point this season if his rehabilitation is going the way that it looks. 
you'll see him start to look like the old James Robinson. But it'll be 2023 before we see that guy back carrying the ball 25 times Mm -hmm. a game and playing to the standard that he set here. Well, I'm also not sure that in this offense, even if he is the uh, James Robinson of old, that you necessarily need him carrying 25 times a game. You have Travis Etienne. I think it's going to be a shared backfield. That's what Doug Peterson likes. I think Doug, uh, I think James Robinson can come in and contribute early and be involved with this offense with what they want. I don't know if it's what the fantasy football people will expect based on what James Robinson was in, in 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. Right. And let's quickly touch on big thing three, which is Trevor Lawrence. This is really the last two days we're going to see the starters for two each. Coach Peterson said Trevor Lawrence won't play. C.J. Beathard won't play. James Robinson won't play. He's only going to play starters if it's an emergency situation. We're going to see Devin Lloyd today, and it sounds like Devin Lloyd might play this Saturday as well. Well, I think it's a big week for Devin Lloyd, not to determine whether he's going to be good or not, not to determine whether he'll start. I don't know if he'll start week one, but he's going to be the starter sooner than later. But as Doug said yesterday, it's a good week to see where he is, how far behind he is. And I've been getting questions like this all the time. How much is this going to hurt him? Well, you don't know because it's all based on the player. He may come back and be fine. He may be a guy who can adapt very quickly. You just don't know. These two days, I would think, are as important for Devin Lloyd as they are for anybody on the roster. Maybe maybe outside the right tackle still competing, maybe outside the interior offensive lineman. But it's big for Devin Lloyd, Brian. Well, they can be patient with him, though, because, you know, we talked about Trevor the other day. You know, you have an 18-year sort of perspective on him. He hasn't started 18 games. I mean, this guy is, is, is built to be a player for you for a decade. So if it takes him a little bit longer. It's got to be now, Brian. It's got to be well, now. Here's now. why. I, I, I know, you're so impatient. Okay. Um, remember in 2018 when Leonard popped the hamstring oh, in yes. New York on opening day? Mm-hmm. And then it just lingered all season. He was never the same. It crushed the offense because they, they were built to, to use play action with Blake Bortles. He didn't have that. It fell apart fast. We all know the outcome. The defense is not going to be in that situation if they don't have Devin Lloyd the first month of the season. Right. I, I'm just throwing four weeks out there. No, you... If it takes that long, if he's ready to go today, play him a little bit Saturday, then he's got two more weeks to be ready for the opening day. But if he's not ready for opening day, you know, what's it called? The long view. Have the long view, kind of like your stock portfolio. <laughs> don't be looking at it every day thinking when, when, when. Right. right? Just keep buying, you know, buying, buying, buying. Mm-hmm. And eventually it'll pay off. Right. This guy's a freak athletically. It, mm-hmm. it would not surprise me if he's a rare breed who comes back and is very good very quickly. Right. He just feels like that guy to me. It's worth saying that, you know what, he's my guy for Yes, he is. Uh, the matchup to watch. I'm going to hold off because i got a couple of thoughts from him uh, on him from draft weekend, people mm-hmm. I talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to hold off, but you're exactly yes. right. You are right. You can get by as well with a Chad Muma, Shaq Quarterman. You can buy some time if it's not week one. You bet. And that is big things when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some of this or that on the Jaguars Digital Network. We are back, Jaguars Drive Time, a Wednesday morning, live from Georgia, getting ready for joint practice. And we have this or that presented by Price.com. Brian Sexton, what do you got for us? Well, are, are you worried about all the little yes. details, yeah. right? Are you going to worry about those things, or are you just going to be patient and wait till the start of the regular season? We kind of touched on details. this on Monday. Right? No, I, I, I don't the mean, details. I don't mean worried as in you don't pay attention to them, but are you going to be – that fan who says, my God, I can't take this. This is exactly what we've seen for years. Or are you going to be patient, right? What worries you more? A. You're going to worry. They're going to be A. Right? Okay. <laughs> Every single one. Do. And what I'm saying is um, I'm going I'm to go for the side of patience and wait for the start of the regular season because they aren't game planning. They're looking at cards, right? Uh, they're not playing anybody on Saturday anyway. And I just 
I have faith, I guess, is, is my thought in this offensive system and what Doug Peterson has done with it before and the coaching staff listening to them talk about Mike McCoy, Press Taylor, Jim Bob Cooter, these guys who are here tasked with the responsibility of putting all the pieces in place. Um, I don't think they're worried. So I don't think it's worth worrying about. I guess if I hadn't seen them be effective most of the preseason, I'd be worried too. I, I don't necessarily get what the worry is about from an offense that's had the ball seven times the first team. They've scored five of them. They've had first downs on six of those drives. They've got themselves in position to score. That's a dramatic improvement from what it was. Yeah. I, uh, I guess if it had been five games and they were having these troubles in the red zone, so to speak, or it was an offense that had been around for two or three years, I, uh, I frankly don't get the worry. I wrote in an ozone answer today. Can we at least let them really be bad before we criticize? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's very true. At some point. Yeah. I mean, I think week one after the commanders, if you still see the same worries. All right. But even then, so John's so right. It's a dramatic improvement from last year. What, what, what are you expecting to see this big change in the preseason? Well, again, I think you have seen change in the preseason. Me too. They've been efficient. You see Trevor making throws. You see them moving the ball. The good news is Doug gets it. His first quote, I asked him the question on Saturday night, assessed the offense. He said, not good enough. Well, he's right. From his perspective, it's not good enough. But if you're looking for signs that it's going in the right direction, it's good enough. Mm -hmm. And you have Christian Kirk in the postgame locker room saying, you've seen nothing yet. We've shown nothing yet. Everyone settle down. They all know. So we'll go with B, but we'll still worry about A. Fantastic. John, what do you got? This or that, is uh, James McCourt going to be the kicker? Or will it be somebody else? I, you know, I wish I had the answer. I don't know. We haven't seen James McCourt yet. Uh, but that's the million-dollar question right now. That's the question that all, all fans want to know, and I think understandably so. Right now you are, what, 18 days before the regular season, and you have a kicker who's never kicked a ball for you. So I don't think it's unusual. I think Doug's right not to be worried, but it's sure a topic. Uh, I'd like to see this guy be the kicker. Um, I think we start seeing today. Um, well, I'm going with the St. Thomas Aquinas angle and that's all I get. What's your mascot down there? A Raider. The Raiders. Raider I'm, I'm going Nation. with that. I'm going with that effect. The fact that he's a Illinois guy and kicked in the Big Ten, probably has kicked in lousy weather before. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm grasping at straws here. We've got to watch the, him kick. I'm going with the kid from Palm Beach. <laughs> it's not Palm Beach. It's Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> Florida. We're going to find out. And he's really, a Raider. Yeah, you would hope that it is this guy this week because I do have hesitations. Say it's joint practice today and tomorrow. It's the game. Say it doesn't pan out. Okay, and he's not the guy. Well, this is your last chance to really see a kicker in game action before the regular season. Now you're trying out guys in the indoor practice facility next week. It's not the same. It's not ideal, but you keep doing it until you find your guy, until you find your Mike Hall. Well, there'll also be other guys released that I'm I'm sure they have an eye on guys around the league. I'm sure there's a list of guys they can bring Mm -hmm. in. Um, I guess if you hadn't seen it happen so often where guys get brought in the week of and they're fine. Right. uh, It is funny, though. It it's the one position where you do that, and coaches really don't worry about it. If this was a defensive tackle, defensive end, I think Doug would have a lot more angst. Mm-hmm. There is a feeling, hey, if the kicker can come in and kick, he's fine. Absolutely. All right, let's go to another transaction from my this or that about the offensive line, bringing in Cole Van Lannon this morning. He is in Atlanta. He will be at joint practice today. From what we understand, he has played tackle and guard. So my this or that is Ben Barch. Or the new guy. And I don't want to say that this guy's all of a sudden going to come over and start over Ben Barch or maybe even Tyler Shatley at the guard position. But I'm now wondering if Ben Barch is your starter, does that mean Tyler Shatley swings to center and this new guy, Cole Van Lannen, is your backup guard? It seems like they need depth at guard at this point. Well, I think Shatley is going to be the swing 
interior lineman like he always has been. I think that's why he's had a place in the league. It's why they like him. It's why his job's secure. So I think he's that either way. I think the interesting thing is, is this guy being brought in to start over Ben Barch? Uh, we'll see. I don't think so. Uh, talking to Phil Rauscher a few weeks ago, he, he just gushed, gushed? That's right. Gushed. Oozed confidence in Ben Barge. What I think you've got, my opinion, Tyler Shatley did not look like a guard, right? He doesn't have great length, which is what you what you need on the offensive line to keep from getting bull rushed. I think he's a terrific backup center. I think what you're looking for is a guy who can be a backup guard mm-hmm. and be another backup tackle for you. You're right. looking for all the swing guys you can find because Will Richardson hasn't done anything to impress, right? It's not like you look at him and go, well, we're set with we're him set, right? as being our fourth tackle. He's hurt, so and you never know with that high ankle sprain, and it wasn't like he had won the job yet. So I look at this and think, Chatley's just going to be your backup center. This guy's going to come in and be your swing guard and swing tackle. Mm-hmm. And you need with, one more guy at this point. With Tyler, it's important to remember, we talked a couple of days ago about getting two locked into 11 positions on each side of the ball. Every team in the league, if they don't have a version of Tyler Shatley, would love a version of Tyler Shatley because you have to have a guy at that spot. You don't want to be backing up guard, center, guard with just one guy at his position. You right. can't have all those guys active on game day. The fact that they have Tyler Shatley who can go in and they know he can play, that's huge for this team. And he, he's key to this even if he's not one of the 11. In 2017, when Brandon Linder was, was sick, was injured, whatever that was, he, he was gone for a month, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have made the playoffs without Tyler Shatley. And over the last that's couple true. of years, when Brandon Linder couldn't play, Shatley went in and you didn't miss it. But he didn't look like a guard. He just didn't. No offense to him, but when he was on the field as a guard, you thought, no, he's a backup center. Yeah, and now you don't worry if a backup needs to go in. 100%. He's incredibly valuable to you Mm -hmm. because you've got a rookie starting at center also. Yes, absolutely. And a lot of instability with Will Richardson Jr. right now. High ankle sprain, like you mentioned, did not make the trip to Atlanta, so we don't really know what's going on there. Seems like this guy needs much added depth to the offensive line, and that is this or that when we come back. More to talk about with the joint practice with the Falcons coming up on the Jaguars Digital Network. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time, Wednesday morning, live from Georgia at the team hotel, getting ready for a joint practice with the Falcons at 1 o'clock this afternoon. And matchups to watch for today because this is really the most beneficial part for the Jaguars is these joint practices against another starting team in the NFL. So, Brian, what are you paying attention to? Uh, Devin Lloyd versus anybody. I don't care what the matchup is. We (laughs) talked a little bit earlier about getting him out there, checking out the hamstring. You know, you, you hear when guys are injured, you know, mental reps. They're getting mental reps, but that's not the same. Yeah. You need them out on the field. However, here's a quick story. So on draft weekend, I was in Las Vegas, and I was set up right next to the Big 12 Network, and Kyle Whittingham, who's the head coach at Utah where Devin played, told me a story before I went on. He said this is a guy who would go into the weight room after practice, go eat, and then go watch two hours of tape. And then on his way home would call his teammates – and explain what the game plan was based on the film that he had watched and literally to the point where he was telling safeties and corners what their responsibilities were in certain coverages. He is, besides being, as John mentioned, a freak athlete and a guy who had eight sacks, four interceptions, two return for touchdowns. This is, he was the college football player, the defensive player of the year, and there were all these studs up the road here at, um, at Georgia and over in Alabama, and it was Devin Lloyd. From Utah, so I right. get all that. Um, I'm anxious to see him play. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if he doesn't come out and make an impact early this season where you're as excited about him as we have been about Trayvon Walker. Absolutely. Right yeah, I think it's significant that the defense has been good even without him so far. Yeah. But um, my matchup to watch is Marvin Jones, uh, Zay Jones, and even Christian Kirk a little bit, although he'll be more inside, 
against the Falcons cornerbacks, A.J. Terrell and uh, Casey Hayward. Mm-hmm. These are two of the best of the league. If, if the Falcons have a strength on their roster, it's these two guys. Um, I'm not going to go overboard if, you know, if one side or the other wins or loses battles today. But you'd like to see these guys be able to make plays against these two guys. It's certainly, if there's a matchup of high-profile guy versus high-profile guy right. today, this is it. I don't know whether they read it or not, but I was on the Athletic website this morning, and the Athletic story says Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence still don't have a number one receiver. That would motivate me to go out here against Atlanta and, and try to create the perception that, hey, I'm number one. All three of them, I'm number one. Right, and get that separation yeah. today in joint practice. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, my matchup to watch is tight end Kyle Pitts versus really anyone on the Jaguars defense. You name it, cornerbacks, safeties, linebackers. The Jaguars do not have a tight end on the roster like Kyle Pitts. So they're getting all this great work throughout the whole sphere of training camp. But today, when you go up, up against Kyle Pitts, you haven't seen that. There's no in one release. in the league like him. Right. I mean, that's so the, this it, is great work yeah, for the, the Jaguars defense. Special doesn't even begin to describe the guy. And you saw him on Monday Night Football. I mean, you, you can see for yourself. You don't even want to explain it. Yeah. The, the chance to play against him on reps. Um, when it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, you're not necessarily going to win. <laughs> um, but if you are in the right position and a coach says, oh, yeah, all right, that's just a great throw to right. a guy who's six foot seven, and you can't reach that. Fine. Right. But so for someone like Tyson Campbell, who's been going up against a Dan Arnold or Foya Luicon, yeah. this is the day to shine. It's going to test your preparation for sure. Absolutely. I agree. You agree. Great. I always want you to agree. All right. That is Jaguars Drive Time matchups to watch today for joint practice. And we come back more on the Jaguars Digital Network. We are getting ready for a Wednesday practice against the Falcons. You will hear from coordinators Press Taylor and Mike Caldwell at 1240 before practice. You will hear from quarterback Trevor Lawrence at around 320. You can watch that all on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media live. John, what do we got today? Well, Trevor Lawrence will be speaking, so uh, I'll certainly write about him, and uh, we'll all have our camp observations from today. So yes. I'll always look forward to that. John, or Brian, I'm sorry, what do you got? Um, working towards Saturday night, uh, final preseason broadcast of the year. And it's always the most challenging. Um, <laughs> I would say so. Well, because you know you're going to see a lot of Jake Luton. You're going to see a lot of backup guys who are fighting, if not for a roster spot, to earn a spot on someone's practice squad. Mm-hmm. Right? Most of these guys, if they don't earn a roster spot in Jacksonville, aren't going to earn a roster spot in Los Angeles or Dallas or Houston or wherever. But they're fighting for a chance to stick with someone on a practice squad mm-hmm. and find a way into the game. Yeah. And with 16 guys on the practice squad, a lot of the guys people are watching on Saturday will be around. And in this day and age, most of these guys wind up playing in the second half of the season for teams. And, and, and there's a long list of guys who have gone on to very productive careers coming from a practice squad. Right. And while we joke that this game doesn't mean anything or uh, it's boring to it's these guys, to it is everything. Absolutely. So we'll pay it due respect the fourth preseason game. Hence why I'm here and why I'm working. Absolutely. All right. That is Jaguars Drive Time on a Wednesday. Practice coverage coming soon at Jaguars.com. We'll be back live with you at our Chateau, 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 Chateau. You come across as so polished from Palm Beach and all of that, <laughs> right? And yet here you are, just a normal kid. We're here live on the balcony tomorrow morning, Tim. <laughs>